Welcome back, everyone, to R2Cast number 96. I know I've said it for about the last three episodes, but it's getting quite exciting how close we are to number 100. Uh, last week, we had Thorfinn Armstrong. If you have a business, if you work in farming, uh, he is your man. He could maybe free you up some money uh, for research and development tax relief. He's had some folk that have found 100 grand a year and just running a normal farm business carrying out normal farm practices they believed, but there was a way they could find out that they were carrying out research and development, even if that was for themselves, and he was able to get quite a bit of cash for them each year. So that might even be something that our guest today can look into. Um, next week, I don't know a clue who's coming on. I'm not quite there yet. We were filming this about five weeks ago, uh, so <clears throat> not quite at the stage of um, knowing who's coming for number 97, but uh, I'm sure it'll be another, another good guest. Today, we've got it's certainly one of those accounts that I've been aware of on Facebook for a while and, and, and quite interested in. For those of you that follow me and, and have followed me for a while, knew that uh, I've lost a fair chunk of weight. Um, I think I put a post up about Christmas time that I'd lost uh, a 25 kilo bag worth of weight. So that was that was quite a big thing. So I've quite got into nutrition, into, into fitness, and that's what today's episode's about. Um, Rhys Jones, do you want to say hello? <clears throat> How's it going? Um, thanks for having me on. Really appreciate uh, you taking the time to speak to me as well. So, uh, yeah, excited to get, get to chat in. Just before we get started with another episode of the R2Cast, I would like to thank our primary sponsors, A-Plan Rural. A-Plan Rural are heavily involved on the social media scene in the ag space with 120,000 followers on Instagram. They use this following to host social media takeovers with farmers throughout the country to showcase their stories. They also post to their rural community blog with further stories about these people in the industry. On top of this, they like to support initiatives that are championing the British agricultural industry, such as myself. So thank you to A-Plan Rural for that. Yeah, you're not at all, man. Looking forward to it. And uh, thank you. Thank you for coming on. Um, for those of you that don't recognise Reese, he has cattle strength. Uh, is it just Instagram or are you other places, Reese? Are you? Uh, no, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. I've got a website. Yeah, that's about it. Then, to be honest, everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> the idea of going on TikTok, but I keep I keep pulling out. There's too much time. Social media it's racks you, doesn't it? It takes so much like commitment to stay on top of everything. So I think I'm going to leave for a bit. Yeah, and I, I'm not a fan of Twitter, I must say. Uh, yeah, no. like, everyone's too many opinions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, like, Instagram's good. I like Instagram. Just pictures, easy, no drama, a lot easier. Yeah, I do, I'm the same. And I think um, on Instagram, there's very few, like, fake accounts out there. You can't really hide behind a profile. Well, you can, but not many folk do. No. Uh, and you don't get all the rubbish nonsense that you get on certainly Twitter and Facebook. Um, you say that. I did a competition the other day, and uh, I think I, it was like um, a <coughs> Halloween competition or something. And uh, I had about ten messages of people telling me that they've claimed they win their, won their prize. Like someone had set up a fake capital strength account and then messaged messages people to say they won the prize. And like I had to. I had to like go down the rabbit hole of trying to like report them, block them. Like, it was a nightmare to be honest. With you. Like, That's actually true. I I did that once. I, I set up a, a prize. It was something like seven hundred quid's worth of stuff, and uh, then suddenly eight rural to kitchens appeared on Facebook, yeah. <laughs> all with different spellings. And yeah, it was a. Uh, it's probably yeah, all, yeah. To be honest, 
that's true. That's true. You know, if if you're sitting listening, guys, and you're you're not from the UK, we're probably probably two of the absolute extremes of the British accent here today. We've got uh, quite the opposites. I think it'd be fair to say. Uh, Welsh accent, I must say, is one of my favourites. So uh, it's a pleasure having you on to hear hear you speaking. It's always good fun to hear. Reese, tell us tell us about yourself. What's what was what was your sort of background? Were you on a farm? Was was you know where's the cattle and cattle strength came from? I guess is what I'm asking. <clears throat> yeah. Um I don't really like talking about myself. I always feel a bit awkward. Um I uh it's gonna be a long, a long hour for you if you're doing a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I uh I grew up I grew up on a farm, like I've always lived on a farm. Um it's just me well, me I'm a, I've got a sister, um it's just it was always just me and my dad on the farm. We had uh, one guy helping us. Um we're not a massive farm, we milk we milk about 60, 70 cows always have like since I've known it that sort of number and we've got 500 sheep um I uh I didn't really know what I wanted to do to be honest <clears throat> sorry after <clears throat> after leave after leaving school so um I decided <clears throat> I'd probably go into university and uh just study there for a while while I'd pretty much make a decision of what I wanted to do I um I always loved rugby I ended up doing a degree in rugby coaching and performance. Right, okay. <laughs> Just because uh, I loved rugby. I played like at a, what I thought was a half decent standard. Um, so I kind of like, I just, you know, like when you don't really want to go straight back to the farm after school, like a lot of my friends did it and I just feel like I wanted to do something. So I ended up going to university and doing that. Like I, I love, um, I realized that I love coaching as well when I was in uni. Um, I worked in loads of schools, coaching like rugby and um, strength and conditioning in my third year. I just like grew to love that as well. So after I finished university, I was, I was in two minds what I wanted to do. So I'm like, I dabbled around for a bit playing rugby and uh, getting more and more into um, strength and conditioning, but also like on the weekends and whenever I had time, I was like helping out on the farm as well, you know, like sharing and silage and all the big jobs. So then when I decided to move home then, back to the family farm, to work full time on the farm, I, I kind of came up with the idea that I could actually make a business coaching people on the farm. Um, started out as well because where I lived, it would take me like an hour round trip to get to the gym, like mm. the local gym where I like to train at. And I didn't really have the time or the energy to like, justify driving an hour round trip to do an hour in the gym and come back so I started converting like one of the sheds on the farm into a gym so I just got a little squat rack and then you know a kettlebell and like some bumper plates and I slowly built up I got a row machine and at that point then um, I kind of fell into it because the local <coughs> asked me if I'd consider coaching him um, so I just thought yeah brilliant I'll go start coaching him now and to try and build up a bit of a business, personal training. That went really well. He got good results. And then his wife joined me and then his friend joined me and then his wife's friend joined me and then his daughter joined me. And then all of a sudden, I had a client base of around 10, 10 people. And so I thought then, this is going really well. And I was just um, doing it just in a bit of spare time in between farming. So that was about seven, eight years ago. And it's just slowly built, built and built and gone bigger. And I've, I've started online training and I work with people, like I work with people in Scotland now and further afield sometimes. And 
I brought out a clothing line. And my wife's come on board in the business and it's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I've pretty much got, well, I have got to the point now where it's kind of been like farming or cattle strength. So most of like, my dad's hundred percent fully supportive of the business. Like he can see that it's going well. And the situation we're in with milking, if we wanted to carry on milking in the future, we'd have to invest a, a hefty amount of money for a, for a business that's not really like it's quite volatile as you know like so um i've it's, kind of put my chips into cattle strength now yeah, yeah it's, it's hard to make a a proper living from 60 70 dairy cattle really isn't uh, it I mean, it's insane it's just so stressful and like volatile like, uh yeah my dad's like he's he's i'm really lucky he's really supportive like I've, i know some people and have some friends that coming from like farming backgrounds like me who whose fathers and like uncles and things like aren't as supportive do you know what I mean and like yeah. you don't like I, you where I, I've seen it like family fields and things where like you know like you shouldn't do anything else apart from farming but I think in the day, day and age that we live in I think like you almost have to diversify unless you're at that big scale you know oh I, I think <clears throat> I think absolutely almost Certainly, you know, it's just like I mean, we were we were speaking with with Dorfin last week, and we're looking at diversification. I mean, you, you, we don't know what's coming subsidy wise. I mean, I, I struggle heavily, struggle to see how the UK are going to give us as much as as the EU did, did. And if they can, I struggle to see that they see it as a priority. You know, it's just not going to happen. So, <clears throat> diversification's got to be the thing. And you're a yeah. prime example. I mean, I get, I guess, to sort of jump back a wee bit. Um, Reese was you, your degree is quite specific you know that's, that's a I, you don't get I can under, you know sports coaching development sort of thing was a thing that was at my uni but specifically rugby was that quite common for you yeah well, to be honest like, <clears throat> it was the first year so it was like I did a foundation degree in rugby coaching and performance and then I transitioned then in my third year to get a full degree in sports coaching and performance so um, it kind of like changed as I went on, but it was very like rugby specific. We worked a lot with, you know, like the Cardiff Blues and like the West Rugby Union. And yeah, the, like my dissertation was like to do with rugby conditioning. And, you know, like it was very rugby conditioning based. And was, was before you went to uni, was the plan, you said you played at a, a decent level, was the plan to be a professional player? Yeah, like probably looking back, back then, it was probably what I wanted to do. Um, I played like, 10 years semi-professionally um five of those years I was probably like hoping to go pro so I did a bit like I did a bit with the Ospreys like a few games for the Ospreys yeah like it's probably this probably one of the main reasons why I didn't move home anytime quicker because like where I live and it's probably the same in Scotland like unless you live around where the 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 regions are you're, you're not likely to get a chance you know, like if you, for example, in Wales, if you live anywhere above mid Wales to north, it's changed a bit now, but if you live in like mid Wales, it's that you've got to move down to like Swansea, Llanelli, Cardiff. Like that's where the opportunities are to play rugby. That's where the best teams are. Like, so I, I had to move down like an hour and a half down south. So I was in playing for Neath, which is right by like Swansea, Bravo, and like those big teams, which there's no big teams where I live then. Where, where is it you live? I live um, in Aberaeron. Do you know what that is? No, I, I know like two places in Wales. Lang- Langochlan and Aberystwyth. That's oh. all I've got. 
Yeah, so I, I went to school in Aberystwyth. Right, okay. What a, what a gorgeous world. It, yeah. It, it takes longer to drive from the Welsh border to Aberystwyth than it does from Scotland to the Welsh border. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm in Wales. I'm basically here. And then it's like another two and a half hours of windy roads. Yeah, it's the worth roads it to get there. It's <laughs> I know. Bloody farmers. <laughs> my, uh, my ex went to uni in Aber and I just thought it was a great place. I really liked it. Really liked Did you it. Did you ever feel out in Aberystwyth? Yeah, yeah, quite a few, actually. Yeah, yeah, for sure. A, a question about rugby, because I totally go against the stereotype of the way I look, the size I am, and the country I'm from. I don't understand rugby. I don't know how it works. I've never played it. Uh, watching the Six Nations with my mates in the pub, the only reason I'm there is for the for the pub, not the, not the rugby. So um, I'm very much a football fan and very much no folk that get into football. Even at the lower leagues are done. I've, I've got quite a good career from a monetary perspective. Is, is that a thing in rugby now? Are, are people able to make a career out with being the absolute top names? Oh, yeah, they can. Like, it's not like... It's not as good as it sounds, to be honest with you. Like the, like I when I did, I did a bit like with the Ospreys, nothing major, but like you you realize quite soon that a lot of the boys playing like they're not making as much money as they should, and it's a short career, and they're traveling all the time. They're away from their families. The risk of having an injury is like really high. Yeah, it's not as it's not as glamorous as people like people think. Do you know what I mean? I I remember like when I was playing like semi pro, you'd make about say you make five thousand pound a year playing rugby, and it sounds amazing, but like the travelling that you do, like you have no weekends left. Like you're probably losing money. Do you know what I mean? You are losing money. It's but that was like obviously a bit less, but yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 I mean, the disparity between football and rugby, which was probably the two sports we think of in, in this country, is mental. I mean, football's ridiculous, though, you could argue. Once it's, a day you sign the player, what's that player on? I don't even watch football, but like my clients are telling me today that there's a player from Man City who's on like half a million a week, is it? Yeah, well, I think I think the highest paid player in the country is Kevin De Bruyne on 510, from what I understand. <clears throat> That's nuts, like, that is just insane. Um, but yeah, this, uh, yeah it's just, um, you do hear mental figures of folks signing, like going out to Saudi and it was China and all that. And I think Ronaldo's on something like 0.8 million. Now I know he's Ronaldo, but still, that is still nuts. Like he's 39 or 38 or whatever. But anyway, that, that was just a question about salaries because I know it's a thing in rugby that it's difficult. And from what I understand, quite a lot of folk go to France because their retirement policy is slightly different or something like that. But uh, yeah, just just a, just an interesting question to go down. Um, so <clears throat> had... Had you come home and and the the sort of the the I guess the PT side hadn't came around, would would you still be farming full time? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I would. I've always got like, I think I, I really do enjoy like the business side of things. Like I've always kind of looked for things. I've always I've always been this way. Like I've always looked for things that oh that could probably do well if I did that. And yeah. I always go down like rabbit holes of ideas. I've got like a notes app on my phone. You know what I mean? Like, just little ideas. So I, I, I probably would be, like, dabbling in something else as well. Yeah. You know I mean? But I'm, no, quite, I get that. I'm quite lucky I found something I'm passionate about that I can do while well, we're starting out as a side hustle into, like, 
a full-time business really yeah absolutely and so, so what what do you offer then what do you offer if someone was to come onto the cattle strength page and think oh i want i want a chat with reese what, what sort of thing could they get <clears throat> if you lived locally you could you could get um PT, small group or um, one-to-one personal training sessions um with me i've actually got like two boys two i'm um, sorry members of staff working with me now one girl and one guy um right. they're great um, so either with me or another coach and, um, or, or alternatively you can get coach with me online. So, um, I offer like one-to-one bespoke training plans, um, for people, um, you know, like yourself that wants to just get fit, get strong, um, whatever your goals may be, basically I build a plan based around, you know, your goals, your circumstances, your experience and injuries, etc. Um, or, um, I've got a couple of generic plans as well, which I started during COVID, and then um, my wife, Katie, runs, um, we've got like a clothing line now as well, which is yeah. going quite well. Um, we're just trying to like build the brand and try and um, try and just build cattle strength up really as a brand. So it's not just personal training. It's more of a, like a, a fitness, farm fitness brand and trying to be niche in that little area, little, little market then. I would just like to quickly interrupt the show for a minute to give you some extra information on our primary sponsors, A-Plan Rural. A-Plan offer bespoke cover for farms and estates the UK over and will give you tailored insurance for anything on the farm from your old workhorse tractor that's been around 20 years or a fancy new and exciting diversification. The 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 next challenge for Gymshark. <laughs> uh, like, you never know, man. You never know. Yeah, like I really like his story is amazing. Like I watched like I watched a documentary about him the other day and like he started off in his uh, uni halls like just, and I think he had like another six businesses on the go at the same time. And like Jim Shack was just the one that like went well and he like grew from there. Like, I really like, he's quite an inspiring guy to be fair. Ben Francis. That's it. Uh, yeah. I think he's just won like an MBE or something, isn't he? Like, yeah, he was the Brit- youngest ever British billionaire. Yeah, insane. Like, it's always insane. Yeah. And he, oh, uh, not, not, yeah. Like, yeah, he basically does what I'm trying to do at a clean off level, like the highest level you can be. <laughs> yeah. well, I mean, it grew, maybe this is not me want to talk about the competition, but I mean, it, it sort of, it grew, I mean, I would remember probably being in high school, I'm 26, being in high school and, oh, Gymshark was a name that came around, oh, what the fuck's Gymshark? You know, that's what you're sort of thinking. And then, suddenly man it's like this insane thing like no one goes I'm just back from the gym and I would say there's 25 folk there and I'm the only one that's not wearing it <laughs> you know nothing, it's insane like, nothing against the brand like I really like it but like you almost yeah. like don't want to wear it because everyone else is wearing it like it's yeah. like you don't mean like yeah. um yeah it's, it's bananas isn't it like I think he just had like he did things like a little bit differently to everyone else like you know, like social media now, like he's got all these influencers that he just, you know, like I'm on a small scale, like I've got like a couple of like inf- influencers in like the social media industry where I might send like a free hoodie or a free pair of leggings to like, for example, um, Lauren, um, like the independent country girl, she, um, she kind of works with us and she puts a few pictures up um, a month for us, like, and she just does it because she's like a, a friend of us, friend of ours yeah. now. Like it works so well. Like her followers see that you know she supports cattle strength, and we get a big return on it. And like it works well for everyone. But Jim Shack did that way back when, and they had like you know the 
the most in-shape men and women and like with the biggest following and they did it before anyone else did I think and it just worked really well for them. Is that important to you because I, that's a really interesting question about the, the sort of in-shape part I mean he's came out and said himself like he wants his models to look perfect like he's said that I think that's maybe changed over the time you know I think that's not the case now you see you know quite a lot of YouTubers or influencers that have had a sort of fitness arc and they don't look perfect but they look amazing compared to what they did is, is that something that would be important for you if you got to that uh, stage of sort of like uh, not at nah. all no nah, yeah, not like, at all like I'm not can't <clears throat> like that at all like like if well if you look at me like I'm a good example like I've proven that like I'm I'm nearly 18 stone like I'm a rugby player like I'm not, I haven't got a low body fat percentage. It's all about um, just trying to like constantly improve, get stronger, move better, perform better, have better energy, like eat better, just trying to improve your quality of life and find something you enjoy. Like I'm not about that aesthetic standing on stage, um, you know, like just mm. see who's got the best physique. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not um, judging anyone who does it. It's just not what Cata Strength is about. The Cata Strength is more of a performance based gym. And a community, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Community is a big part. Community is a massive part. I mean, like, I, I'm very much speaking from a, a, a not over, um, what would you say, someone that doesn't know much about this. I've only been <clears throat> in fitness, speaking to people in fitness for a few months. And it's, I'm playing it down. It's, it's more than four months. It's about eight months I've been this way. But it, I was always nervous to ask folk stuff. I've always understood nutrition and that sort of thing. And I've always watched... Ronnie Coleman, like, hey, number P, you know, you know, I love that stuff, you know, but uh, I never did it. And, and I sort of had quite a good knowledge base, but I was scared to ask folk of the German stuff. And then one day I was like, oh, screw this, man. I'm going to ask this guy. And this guy, Jay, who, who's just started up doing something, you know, similar to yourself up here on a smaller basis, like, he just chatted to me for days. And, and so many folk do. And I love that about it. Yeah. Um, and, and you'll be creating that yourself because you'll be creating that hub. That, that all sort of goes through you or your other two there, um, which is great. Uh, one one thing I guess brings to mind is <clears throat> you mentioned you make bespoke plans. This is one thing that's always blown my mind about PTs and, and people in, the, in your position because when you're looking at it from a from an injury perspective, that's quite a you don't want to get that wrong. <laughs> you know, do you know what I'm saying? Like that's a you say it's a bespoke plan. It's for that new person, of course. But do you do you go do you go out and learn about cartilage injuries and knees or, or dislocated shoulders previously and all that? Or how do you learn that stuff? Yeah, to be honest with you, when it comes to like injuries and clinical clinical stuff, I always try and refer to specialists. So like I've got like a few of my clients, like I've got a few rugby players, et cetera, that I train who are coming back from rehab um, injuries, like ACL, knee, ACL injury things. I always try and like speak to the physiotherapists or GPs and get their advice first. And I kind of like build a plan based off what they say. Um, I'm not educated enough to, or it's not my speciality to know um, exactly what that individual needs. I base a plan around what those experts will say. Like in the past, when I was like maybe starting off, I thought I, thought I was educated enough to do it, but you're not. Like it's the same thing with nutrition. Like I'll, I'll give advice and I'll help with guidance, but I'm not, if you, if you want to call yourself a nutritionist, you're looking at three, four years, yeah. you degree to be a professional nutritionist. I'm a, I'm a personal trainer and strength and conditioning coach, you know, like, so I'll, I'll offer guidance, but if someone's got like 
like a clinical um, nutri- nu- nutritional um, <clears throat> issues like that needs okay. like spe- specialist guidance. I'll try and refer them and take advice off what that specialist recommends me. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's I think same, same on the farm. Like you, you, we, we, we've got a nutritionist to tell us like about our feed. We don't ask the vet. The vet specializes in something else, and the nutritionist tells us. It's the same thing. It's, it's exactly the same, and, and your answer is kind of what I was hoping for. Because I've seen a few folk on social media saying they yeah. offer, you know, nutrition advice. They offer advice for post injury. They offer whatever, and I'm like, shit, that's a big thing. Like, you know, you've got to make sure you're getting that right. So that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. There's a lot of people on social media, <coughs> like that, aren't qualified, and they they've just like they might have, they might be like in shape themselves, or they've got like. And a nice bum or something and yeah for sure they can do a three-week course and call themselves a pt and they'll do like a photo shoot of themselves and then they give in like helen down the road advice you know she's she's had three kids and you know she's like she's got <clears throat> like dietary requirements and special you know you can't you can't do it i it pisses me off a little bit to be honest <laughs> yeah for sure and and that, that is, you probably just mentioned a really big thing like life commitments is a thing you have to plan this around. I mean, everyone everyone wants to to be healthy. They want to be fit. They want to look good. But here you've got like you've got kids. You've got work. You can't afford to just do it all. You know. So that's another thing I'd probably never considered from your perspective. Um, is is that true? Is it, is it just a three week course to be a PT? Is that? Um, is I yeah, I think. <clears throat> like a condensed version i think you can knock it out in two weeks if you like with some some providers i think you can knock it out in two weeks like it's not it's not hard to be honest with you like you learn you learn a thousand times more working with people on the job yeah. than you would on a two-week course and like i learned a thousand times more doing my degree than i did doing my pt course but for insurance purposes you need that two-week course to be qualified as a pt which I don't know. I think the system's a bit wrong. I was really lucky. I did mine with um, like really good providers, um, like the professional um, fitness association. Like fitness association. Um, I don't know if you follow the March on Gym in um, in London. They they're really good providers, but there's a lot of bad ones out there. What was that March on? Yeah, March on March on Fitness. They do um, they like the professional the PFCA. They they've got like their own. Um, a coach educator, um, coach educator system basically where they work with their coaches. Okay, yeah. Um, of, uh, sorry. Yeah, and I'm just saying, like, there's a lot of like uh, crap providers out there, same as everything else. Like, you could, yeah, yeah. I'm not a big fan of the the, the little the course PT courses, to be honest. And there's a lot of things that you learn. Yeah, they are great to learn, but you wouldn't. It was um, working as a personal trainer. There's a lot. It's, it's like when you're in school you know like they don't teach you how to um deal with taxes but you know how to like um pin, pinpoint what part of a leaf is do you, do you know what you're so right i mean like this thing i mentioned already last week we spoke with that guy thorfinn armstrong and he's talking about tax relief and all this stuff and you know i, I wouldn't think like to think i'm an idiot but it was so much stuff that he was going over i was like man this has been so simple if i'd learned this 10 years ago <laughs> You know, <laughs> like, what, what, like you say, yeah, I mean, 
but I know Pythagoras. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, know. you're absolutely right. I'm not saying learning Pythagoras and whatever is not important because Pythagoras is actually probably an important one, not trigonometry, but like having having that sort of information should be there but yeah that that's that's the way it is you mentioned you started was it about eight years ago you said is that right yeah probably yeah. about eight years to be honest with you i haven't kept track it's been um time goes so fast like we've got three kids in the three and the last three years have just gone like that with us and like yeah. time so so it probably is about eight years ago now yeah that i started like on a small scale and it's just like gradually built like i used to um i used to milk in the morning and maybe coach one PT session after milking and then I'd do another one in the night and that was it for like a year and then the, I gradually added one and added one and I got to a point where I was working like eight hours on the farm and then another oh god I don't even know like a lot like another six hours PT like it was a long day like every day was about a 14 hour day and then I got to the point where I was just turning people away and turning people away and I started online training and then I worked and I was able to work with more people, but then again, time was just against me. And then I ended up just making that choice then. So now like the gym's fully booked with me now. I can't fit more people in again. So um we're expanding this year now. We've got um we just had planning through and um we're just waiting for the weather to dry up really and we're gonna build like a much bigger space and facility. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, I always think people here we started doing online training that that's just basically free money for you but there's just as much work for that you know yeah just yeah oh, honestly like that that that's probably like the hardest work because you're like you're always on your phone like if i show you my phone now you know like it, to see just to see now like the notifications you get coming through yeah. it's just like they're all like online training like clients like so you constantly gotta if you're not there providing that accountability and support then you're not really coaching. So like you have to try and like just balance everything out. So I try to allocate that time between like being a coach and being like uh, a husband and a father. That's the toughest balance, you know, but it's just... having, having three under three, you must be busy. You must be busy <laughs> currently. That sounded rude. You must be busy now. That's what I meant. Uh, yeah, yeah, we've been busy and it's busy now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's bonkers but like, i wouldn't change it but it's so uh my wife oh, i don't know how my wife does it my wife stays at home with them more or less every day and uh she also manages to somehow do the cattle strength kit and somehow manage to like she she, she does like i don't finish work till late so i'm quite lucky she like she has supper ready for me. I'm not an old, old-fashioned uh, man. Uh, my, my wife cooks, but I'm blessed that my wife, um, when I come home, she's you know she she has supper ready like when I come home, and she's uh, yeah, she, it's hard, but it's just it's hard for everyone, isn't it? Everyone's got yeah, like, moms are quite something. They, they yeah, they're quite. Something. Not that I'm saying dads aren't at all. Uh, no, like they are impressive. Like. <laughs> 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 Um, so when, well, I guess, I guess it's quite an important question. You don't have to answer exactly, but how many clients do you have? Joe, I get asked this a lot and I don't really count them because. Talking like 30 or are we talking like. I think that in coming to the gym currently, there's about 
130. Wow. And then online, there's probably another 100, maybe, I'd say. And is that just what split between the three of you? The... Um, that's probably mostly me, because at the minute, like, my gym's not big enough to, like, offer, um, like, full-time work to um, any of, like, my coaches. So I've got... Um, I've got um, a girl called Heiki that coaches in the nights for me. She only coaches like an hour a day, two hours a day. Um, and then I've got a, um, a guy called Owen then who coaches on Saturday and he coaches like a full day on a Saturday for me. Um, but that's, apart from that then, this me, most, mostly me. And a lot of my clients, because they can't get a second session, they, they, they might come to them as well. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, close to, like, that's not a bang on figure. It's just a... a, a an educated guess, to be honest. Yeah, but here it's it's a fair chunk, no matter how you look at that. Do you know? Yeah, it's quite it's quite busy. But then of those online clients, they're not all on a bespoke plan. Like some like a lot of them are doing like um like a generic plan that, that I, I only write plan and they'll get that plan then, if that makes sense. So do you have like a I'm guessing here like a, a generic male plan for this age a generic female plan for this age and then then you can sort of choose as to how bespoke you want if you will um regarding like meal plans i tend to just work out more nutritional targets for my clients based on their goals so like i work with like a lot of demographic like a, a similar demographic of um for example, like women between the ages of 30 and 50 that want to lose weight and they don't have time to go to the gym more than three times a week because they're busy, they work and they're, they're parents. So in, the big focus with me is just make sure that we, we focus on being in like a small caloric deficit. We make sure that we hit our protein targets every day and we make sure that we focus on hitting like a good step count every day. If you do those three things, like a lot of things will fall into place naturally. Um, I don't really like restrict people down to a meal plan that you're only allowed to eat this meal, that meal, that meal. I just don't really agree with it. I find it unsustainable and boring and I wouldn't want to do it and I wouldn't want to stick to it. So, um, but obviously they do work. They're just like a very strict approach that I don't tend to use a lot of. The, the calorie deficit one you you put a post up <clears throat> i'd said to you off camera that you'd help me with a couple of things you commented back i knew you wouldn't remember because i know you get loads of comments but one of the ones that made so much sense to me was you know you're chasing this calorific deficit which you find yourself like doing grand monday through saturday or something and then you're you're rubbish on sunday or or whatever but i like the way you put it sort of looking at it on a weekly basis because it's the exact same and that makes so much more sense and like you're, yeah. you're not like beating yourself up for that one day that's bad that doesn't matter because you're still on a calorific deficit for that seven days. Um, I, I think that's really useful. It's, it's like kind of like saving money. You know, like if you're trying to save money, you're trying to get that brand new car and that car costs a bit of money and you want to get a bit of money together. If you're, if you're really good with your money, like throughout the week, but you've overspent like on Friday and Saturday, you've spent loads of money, you've gone out on the piss, and you spend a lot of money, you've got to be quite tight with your money then the following few days to try and make up for that so your bank like, doesn't have a hammer in. It's exactly the same with calories. If you overspend, so overconsume your calories, 
on that day that you, you go out on Saturday night or Sunday, you've just got to be a bit tighter around that. As long as your weekly total is the same, you'll be fine. It's just um, it's cycling your calories. So like for some people, uh, they might want to eat more on the days that they train. Um, so they've got that more energy. Some people might want to eat more on the weekends because they enjoy having that extra social life. Some women who like struggle around the menstrual cycle to like be in a deficit might want to eat more during that week. As, as long as you're like your weekly totals or your monthly totals are like, it's quite similar. You're going to be fine. And it, you don't have to get it right. hundred percent of the time. If you get it right, 80% of the time you're making progress. And yeah. I, the goal should be like with me, like to eat as much as possible and still lose weight. So yeah, I'm very like pro pro sustainable approach and just being, being, um, What's the word? Um, patient and consistent. Yeah, like enjoying the process more than strictly aiming for a defined yeah. outcome. Yeah. 100%. And then if you you have to do something you enjoy, if you don't enjoy it, then you're not going to stick to it. So if, if you enjoy rock climbing, but you hate going to the gym and you hate running, don't run, don't go to the gym, go rock climbing. Like just make sure that you eat well and like move a lot. Well, I, that's funnily enough, another thing you said, because, you know, I was like, oh, I'm going gym. I think I was going something like eight times a week at that point over the summer. I'm not I'm not teaching, so I'm off. And then I was like, but I don't fully enjoy this. I enjoy going, lifting some heavy weights three or four times a week, but I absolutely love walking. So I just walk all the time. <laughs> that's uh, honestly, so much better. Like, stick to that. Like, lift weights, yeah. heavy weights three times a week. You need that recovery time anyway. Because you're gonna like, you need to like make sure your muscles repair and you're getting stronger, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then walk a lot. And I've I've got a, a question. I've been looking into. Oh god, I can't remember all the fancy words. Some like heat thermogenesis. But I can't remember the exact thing. Um, is it is it true that when you lift weights, like over the course of the period after that, say twelve hours, you'll still be burning calories from the sort of what would you call it not the recreation of the muscles but the sort of muscles building back is that a thing or is that not actually true i just i just I, it's slightly true like there's there's science back there's science behind it the more muscle you have in your body the more calories your body will burn at resting so say if you manage to burn as to gain two kilos of muscle like over over the next six months then your body is going to like you're pretty much going to pretty much speed your metabolism up your body's going to burn more calories yeah. Actually, so like, and the same thing with eating protein, like your body um, uses more energy to um, digest protein than it does to digest um, carbohydrates and fat. So it's, um, it's, a, it's more of a thermogenic food, if that makes sense. So high, having a high protein diet and res- doing a lot of resistance training to focus on building muscle and getting stronger can massively help with fat loss in that sense. Yeah, it's here. It's so interesting, man. There's so much to nutrition. It's a thing that never interested me at all. But it's it's yeah, there's a lot of interesting stuff there. And it's cool seeing folk like yourself. So I, you know, you give us wee tidbits here and there to try and tempt us in because it's useful, you know, folk like yourself's brilliant. Wait, what what will the expansion bring? Will that bring more clients or not straight? Yeah, like we like I told you, like I said, we've got a hundred like a thirty members now and like we like I we turn people away all the time and it's really frustrating, but we'd like to, like, we'd like to get to about 200. I think um, I'm not really about just, I know a few gym owners locally who 
the, all they focused on is having a lot of members. Um, and I'm not really about that. I'd rather just have the best community, the best coaching, the best quality. So I'd rather have 200 members and, well, honestly, like 400 members, but they probably pay they probably pay more than those 200 members. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's all about yeah, yeah. quality. And then um, what I, I'm just going to be able to like offer a lot more. I don't really want to give too much away because um, I kind of want to, but like the, I'm going to, I'm going to, it's going to enable a lot of my clients to be able to come every day if they want to, to, to the gym. They're not going to be limited to like one, one session a week, two sessions a week. I'm going to be able to um, offer a lot more services. It's, the best thing about it for me is I'm going to be, it's going to enable me to bring my, my wife into the business and it's going to future-proof the business for me. Um, so I'm not just trading like hours for coaching for the rest of my life. I'm actually building something that, you yeah. know, that we'd be able to, and then my kids then will be something that hopefully they might want to, you know, be a part of when they're older. And my son has Down syndrome, Harry, and I really want to like make it an inclusive place where like someone like Harry could like work himself and like, be able to like work with um just all it like all inclusiveness that's not the right word but like everyone and, like, have that, yeah have that community aspect and things like that are really important to me um yeah so that's the main focus with me really it's not about work having that certain number it's about having that that standard and that like something authentic and different in the area and it's going to also allow me sorry to like incorporate more of the farm as well. So I'm going to be able to do like a proper farm fitness class, which I, I'm unable to do at the minute because my gym's so small. And that that's like, cool. yeah, I really want to do that. I want to have that like farm fitness, um, like boot camp vibe, you know, like outdoor training area. That's, I can't wait for that. That's, uh, yeah. And I want to get like a drone flying over, like showing my sessions. Amazing. I'm blessed as well. I've got, like uh, well two amazing coaches but one of the coaches like he's the fittest man in wales uh oh, and oh, yeah like he's actually literally the fittest man in wales and he's hopefully going to be on board like yeah i'm blessed like i've got good people around me so i'm very excited that's amazing and i liked your point about harry harry did you see harry yeah my son, harry. Uh, here our, our, um, the world's strongest man's autistic you know a, a gym should be an inclusive yeah. place Great thing for folks to focus on, man. So I love to hear that. Love to hear that. Um, have you ever been involved in Britain's Fittest Farmer? Do you know what? I entered it. Um, I entered it three years ago, and that yeah. was the year. That was the year we had Harry, and uh, yeah, it was just like that year was just a bit of a whirlwind of a year for us, to be honest. And I ended up just not doing it. That's the year I stopped playing rugby as well, and I kind of just like, I I kind of like just had um a bit of a quiet time really where I just like lost focus and just transitioned all my focus to just family. Family's what matters when it's the start in it, man. It's got to be. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. It's something like, it's something I'd love to do. It not, annoys me a bit though because like all the quali qualifiers are in England. Like there's nothing in Wales. There's just nothing in Scotland. Like I'm almost tempted to do one myself in Wales and like, do you know what I mean? And Scotland. Like, always the way, yeah. It's always the way, man. It's always the way. Yeah. Uh, I'm tempted. Maybe, maybe you could be the location for the qualifier. Yeah, just like do like 
or do like a peers competition. Like, it doesn't have to be that one. I might do another one myself. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. Why not? Why not? <laughs> uh, no, it's, it's quite entertaining to watch. He's doing this. One of our mates was second once. Uh, oh, you probably know. Oh, you know Cami. I know you know Cami. Um, uh, Wilson. I think you do. I think I've seen you. Okay. Do you know him? No. I don't know. I, I don't. I probably. I probably do. Like it's like the sheep game. The sheep game guy. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> uh, he was second one year. Uh, was that? That had been that year, actually. I think. Oh, the year you I think it was. Um, no, it's it's quite a cool idea that it's a. Uh, I would I would be pretty decent at the weight side. I would be shocking at the other side. Uh, I'm, I'm more of a coach, and uh, <laughs> you could do as I say more than I do. To be honest, yeah, for sure, for sure. There's a couple um, of big athletes. like some of the girls that train in cattle strength, though. Like they'd give it a good go, I'm sure. Like we've got yeah. some, some like proper athletes training in cattle strength yeah. at the minute, so I, I wouldn't mind them giving it a go. Maybe I could sponsor them. I hope you've kicked your feet up and got comfy and enjoying another fantastic episode of the R2Cast with another really interesting guest. I would just like to quickly take another second to plug the sponsors of the show today, The Scottish Farmer, and I would strongly advise you to go out and pick one up this week and see even more of the fantastic people that are in our industry. <laughs> it's, an absolute, it's an absolute pleasure to watch, man. Like, I mean, some folk, like my, one of my exes does, uh, does CrossFit and um, watching her do it was like insane. I'm like, I thought I was strong, and then I see you doing this. <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> you know, uh, like, yeah, it's, it's it's quite a joy to watch someone that's just brilliant at. Well, I guess it's a craft at that stage. What I, one thing I wanted to ask you? Sorry, Reese, on you go. Oh, I'm just saying, like, I love CrossFit. You know, you were saying earlier about that aesthetic um, PT thing, where like it's all about looking perfect. <clears throat> CrossFit's like not about that yeah. at all. Like, it's all about performance. Like performing to your best like that's one of the reasons why i love crossfit and my gym is quite a crossfit gym to be honest with you like crossfit style and, training we're not affiliated at the minute but it's it's got a crossfit vibe do you know what i mean the, i mean they are the second part of that word they are fit like it's clean off like, like if you look at uh, just using like matt fraser as an example he won yeah. it like five years in a row like if you saw him he'd he, Obviously, he looks like insane, but he doesn't look like. No, he doesn't other. look insane though. Yeah. yeah. But what he can do, like, yeah, I think it's amazing. That's definitely like I, with my kids now, like, I'd rather them be inspired to be like that as opposed to be inspired to just look malnourished on a beach but look good on stage. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Your strengths and your sexy. <laughs> that's, that's what your folks say about you. But it's, it's you know it's the the. The person that always blows me away is I always get her surname wrong. I think it's Danny Spiegel. Yeah, she's insane. insane, man. Like she is built like a brick shit house, and she can run like nothing else. It's mental. Like I think I don't think she's I don't know if she's won the CrossFit Games. I know like it's been Tia Claire Toomey's kind of just owned it for the past six or whatever years it is, but she's mental, man. She's absolutely insane to watch. She's What's that? Sorry, she's winning most of the strength events, yeah. just out and out strength events. Like I think there was a sandbag, there was a sandbag to shoulder event last year, and she was the only one that lifted the heaviest bag. I can't remember what the weight was, but that's right. And she just did. She not also go two more. She just almost did it for sure. She didn't need yeah, to go ten. Yeah, crack. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not slight. 
Um, and if, if you're sitting listening and you have no idea who Danny, Danny Spiegel is, I'm saying it right, I think, either go look her up or if you've been on TikTok and you've seen a person, female, who just looks insanely strong running around, that's probably who it is. Um, <laughs> freaking nature, man, it's so cool. One one thing I wanted to ask you about, Reese, I thought was, was brilliant, was you had a pretty massive spread in the Farmer's Guardian. Um, did, how did that come about? I think it was the Farmer's Guardian. Was it the Farmer's Guardian? Yeah. Yeah, 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 that was that was brilliant. It was like four pages or something. It was it was just a connection. Yeah, like massive thank you to the Farmers Guardian for that. Like it was awesome. Like it was just really like epic just to speak about like not only the gym but like spread awareness of um, Down syndrome and like raise awareness yeah. about that and just the family and our story. So yeah, we really appreciate that. Um, we just like I I've um, I made a connection with a girl called Lucy Baxter who um, works for the Farmers Guardian. And she's, uh, she's just really nice. And she just like, liked our story. And she, uh, name forward to be um, a part. And yeah, they, they, they offered us that. It's just like on a whim, like Lucy Baxter, basically. So Lucy, if you're listening, thank you very much for that. <laughs> Appreciate it. Thank you, Lucy. Excellent. No, it was, it was a brilliant spread like it. Uh, I don't know where I saw it. I don't know if it was you that posted it or someone else had. I seem to remember seeing it on, on Instagram and actually got the Farmer's Guardian that, that week and it, it was a good one. It's probably yeah. where... It was surreal. No, I had no idea it was going to be four pages. I just thought right. it was just a, little, a little spread. But they um, they went to town and they really like spoke about Harry and like they made a point of like bringing that across. So it was really, really nice and um, like I'm very like grateful for that. So is, is Harry the eldest? Yeah, high street, and there's another two afterwards. But yeah, it's like a big part of like my business. I do try and like raise awareness as much as possible. It was National Down Syndrome Awareness Day um, last Wednesday, and like we just like we didn't put anything up about training, or we just just spoke about Down Syndrome and like the facts yeah. about Down Syndrome. Like we posted we posted a reel. Like my wife Katie posted a reel, and it had something like one thousand two hundred likes and uh, clean off comments and like so many shares and like we really noticed like where we live like so many people know more about down syndrome and harry is like quite well known in the area now because people in my area follow cattle strength and it's just like amazing people like really get behind and like want to know harry and like want to know more about down syndrome but like the more the more the more we can like raise awareness about down syndrome the better like um, my words can't get my words out. The better um, inclusion we're going to have for that type of thing. Yeah. Well, so it's just something I'm passionate about, and like I've got like the three arrows like in my branding with cattle strength, which is like um, to do with Down syndrome and like those three arrows there. And um, oh, is that what that is? Yeah, I've got it on my picker. I've got it on like on my clothing, like the cattle strength T-shirts and things have um, the three arrows on it, and that's what that means. Right. Okay. I see. Is that? Is that like a, a a a charity, or is that what that means? Nah, like Down Down syndrome is like trisomy twenty one. So um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like the three arrows represent the three trisomies, and like the actual arrow represents like um, keep moving forward. Um, yeah, and it kind of just looks cool as well. It goes with the catastrophe branding. Yeah. So like we stuck it on there so people know like what it means and like why it's important. If that makes sense. 
That's so clever because I always remembered that it was a surprise only in the twenty first pair. That's really clever. Like, um, that's 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 nice. You know that you, you're you're using this platform and, and using this this business as well to 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 just raise awareness. That's that's brilliant. Um, was it out of interest? Was it something you were very aware of before Harry? No, we had no idea. No. Like, when like, Harry was born, I had no idea about Down syndrome. Like I yeah. didn't even, like. Give it a second thought. Like we had, um, I don't know what it's like in Scotland, but in Wales, they kind of just they'll they'll measure the fluid in the back of the neck um, with a scan, and they'll just give you like a they'll give you like uh, a percentage chance of ha- of um, having like it measures for three things: one's Down syndrome, and there's another two, and I can't remember what they're called. I should. Um, and we were, I think, one in twenty thousand, which is extremely low. Yeah. So um, we didn't think anything of it. When Harry was born, we went through a bit of a tough time because we didn't really have a chance to enjoy Harry because we had a bit of a negative experience in the hospital where he was kind of just taken from us straight away and they just said that it's bad news and they suspect there's something wrong and didn't really tell us more. And then when we found out Harry had Down syndrome two weeks later, the doctor that we spoke to literally said to us, um, it's very bad news. I'm sorry to tell you this and just really negative about the whole thing. And um, yeah, it was just really hard to deal with. And like looking back, it's the, I can't believe how, like how that went about. Cause it's not a bad thing. Like Harry is amazing. And like, do you know what I mean? The, the wording that some of the people used. Yeah. I, I, we, so that we find out like, it was a massive shock to us to deal with initially and like just learning about Down syndrome and things like that. But like, as we go on and we've, we've kind of learned through social media, social media has been amazing because we've been able to like look at other families with children with Down syndrome. I remember the first video I watched, there was a child with Down syndrome skiing in the Alps at yeah. like five years old. And I remember thinking like, you paint a picture, I used to paint a picture in my head of like, when I think of Down syndrome as like a young adult who's about 20 years old walking with his mum, I know it like badly dressed in a supermarket, not speaking to anyone. Whereas the reality of it is, you know, a kid with Down syndrome is just in an Ironman. Another kid with Down syndrome has just won an Oscar. Another, like the five-year-old is yeah. on the, like we paint a perspective in a head of like what people's abilities are. And I want to try and like change that. And, um, you know, like try to spread awareness that what, what people, with, people with Down syndrome can do. Does that make sense? But when you've got a medical professional painting that as like, it's, I mean, the words you were saying there, you might be thinking like, oh my God, is our, is our child healthy? Or, you know, like that, that's a horrible way to put that. And that's going to knock you and your partner back no matter what, you know? Yeah, when, when in truth, that. you know, like you're saying, Harry's a happy, great young lad, yeah? Like as, as is normally the case, yeah? Yeah, um, it's insane. Yeah. But there's been like there's a massive push at the minute to like change like wording to say, and things like that. Like, you know that test I used to tell I told you about with the fluid. The amniocentesis, it's called. That's it. I'm not sure. Yeah. Like they, yeah. like I think they used to they used to word it as you'd have a one in ten risk of having right. a child with yeah. Down syndrome. Whereas Easy. now they've changed it to a one in ten chance of having a child with Down syndrome. Yeah. Things like that, and like just not being not being doom and gloom and telling people like we're sorry like it was bad news do you know what I mean I read a book called Don't Be Sorry um, with um, 
a girl called Sarah Roberts. She's like got quite a big social media following. And like it's all about just changing people's perspectives. Do you know what I mean? And that's kind of what I'm trying to do at a small scale. Now, I know, I know Down syndrome isn't a neuro thing, but it sort of encompasses it in some way from what I'm about to say. I think the best thing that happened to people with what was known as mental disabilities is it becoming called neurodiversity because it's so true. I mean, like autism, Down syndrome, they're not at all the same, but, you know, they're, they're things that before were seen as a disability, whatever. I think that idea of diversity and there's another ability there. It's not the same. It's so important. It's so important. Um, so, yeah, no, I, first off, I appreciate you saying that stuff. It's, it's big. Um, but, yeah, not a nice experience. There's definitely, like, a big positive move. And now, like, you see it. Like, we've just been to the cinema now to watch. Um, there's a film called Champions Out in the cinema. And it's, like, it's just a cast full of um, young adults with additional needs. And it's class. Right. Just- yeah, like we watched that last week, funny enough. Like, you know I mean, it's just brilliant to see. Whereas I can't remember when I was growing up, anything like that being on telly. I might have been naive, like, they noticed, but... I don't think, I don't think there was. Nah. I, I was. I mean, here, what's one of the biggest films of the last decade? The Greatest Showman, which was basically based on a true story of the fact entertainment was based on exploiting people in this position. Like, yeah. that was only 100 years ago. You know, like, it's... it's um, I wouldn't be surprised if when you were younger, and I don't even think when I was younger, it was a thing. I think it's brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. Uh, no, here I, I was sorry, one, uh, sorry, I was just saying, like, I was one of those people before having Harry, I had no idea of um, anything about it. So, like, I kind of, like, pinch myself a little bit. I feel bad that I should have. So, like, I you know, try and help now to try and raise awareness. I don't strictly think you should have. I think the case is that awareness wasn't there and you're, you're part of that movement that's creating it. You know, that's worthwhile. Yeah. Um, did you have anyone with with, uh, with Down syndrome in your class at school or your school or anything like that or no? Nah, I worked, no. Uh, I, I worked as a teaching assistant in a school for about six months and I actually worked with a child with Down syndrome there. Um, but that's the only experience yeah. that I had, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, it was only like briefly, not not full time. Jimmy, no, like for it. sure, for sure, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, it's um, yeah, it's been great to chat. We've got into various things I did not expect. Uh, some <laughs> really interesting, deep conversations there. It was it was good to chat. And as I say to everyone, time sort of flies by. You might not believe it, but we've been speaking for an hour. Um, yeah, it does sort of disappear. I'm conscious you have three wee ones under three, uh, and don't want to take too much of your time. Uh, but th- thank you for coming on, first off. Appreciate busy last time of night. Um, and, and tell us the story about, about cattle strength and then also just about life in general. But the, the, the two questions I have for everyone at the end of, at the, end of the podcast is, uh, one, where do you see yourself in five years? And uh, two, if you had any tips for folk getting into it, and, and feel free to talk about, about personal training, what would they be? Um, well, five years... I am definitely still going to be working with Carl Strength. I'm hoping the gym will be up by then. I just want to, I just want to continue to grow the brand, you know, set something up for the future. Like just be authentic. That's big for me. And like just family is important as well. I want to like, I want to like 
really focus on my family and go. That's the big focuses that I have in five years. And then any advice? Uh, do you mean eight, eight kids under eight? Is that what you mean? No. Definitely <laughs> not. No, one hundred percent. No, there will be no more kids. <laughs> um, but uh, and then any advice to people getting into it? I would just. Um, First and foremost, just find something you enjoy. If you're not going to enjoy it, you're not going to stick to it. That's the main thing. Um, don't put too much emphasis on going to the gym. Like nine, being active, walking, not sitting on your bum is going to have a way bigger influence on your health than doing a 40-minute spin class in the gym three times a week. Well, you know, if you can get... 10, 15, even 20,000 steps a day. Walk, walk to the shop instead of drive. Just make better choices in the kitchen. Those things are, in my opinion, the most important things. And then regarding the gym, just try and focus on like improving your health. So getting stronger, moving better, getting a bit faster, getting a bit fitter. It's not about getting an eight pack and looking malnourished on a beach. That's a really good point. <clears throat> really good point. When you say I, I don't actually track steps at all, I just checked. Last three days have been 33, 28, and 24,000. Wow. Um, but I'm a, I, I'm a bit of a weird one because I don't sleep. I sleep for like two or three hours. So I, I'll be, I'll probably go a half marathon walk after this. Like, so I'll be a bit weird in that sense. But I, here, I don't have the kids to look after. So uh, I've got it a wee bit simpler in that sense. But, uh, no man, thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. It's been a great chat. Nice to meet you finally. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, for those of you listening, Reese and I have tried to arrange this. We've we must have 85 different dates, man. <laughs> <laughs> Even 10 minutes before kicking this off, we'd changed the date twice. Uh, but uh, no, glad glad we've got it done. Appreciate your time. Uh, for those of you listening, hope you've enjoyed. Uh, as always, if you're looking, um, I don't know if you'll have any space, but if you're looking for a PT, check out Cattle Strength. Um, might be able to take you on online or if you are in the area. Uh, for next week, as I've said, I don't know what's coming. don't know who we've got. I've got a few folk lined up. I think it might be Aunt Thomas, who is known as Keeping Cows Moving. He's a hoof trimmer down in Cornwall. Uh, we originally got in touch because I had Sophie Mitchell-Smith on R2Cast number 86, the female hoof trimmer. We had got in touch with Ant and said, I have found your doppelganger, uh, as well as Curry. Get in touch with him. So, um, yeah, I thought I've got to get this guy on the podcast. So that'll probably be who it is. After that, what's that? Two more episodes and then number 100. I'm not telling you who or what is coming on. I don't see. I don't know why I said what. It's not a thing. It's not a person. It's still a person. Uh, I did actually tell Reese off camera, but I won't be, I won't be saying it to you guys yet. Um all I'm saying, the only clue I'm giving you is you have seen them on the podcast before. Uh, so it should be quite a good episode there. Um, thank you as always for listening. Reese. thank you for coming on, uh, coming along. Hope you had a good time. Thank you very much. Continue the great work. You're doing great. I'll oh, thanks, man. You too. <laughs> you too, man. You too. And yeah, we'll catch us later on and see you for next week. Cheers, everyone. Bye-bye. I hope you've enjoyed another excellent episode of the R2Cast. I just want to take this moment to quickly thank our primary sponsors once more, A-Plan Rural. If you follow A-Plan on social media, you'll see the work they're doing to really promote British farming and back our industry. It's been a pleasure working alongside A-Plan Rural so far and long may it continue. The values of A-Plan Rural 
runs perfectly in line with the whole mantra of rural to kitchen and I'm glad to have them on board. Check them out on Instagram at A Plan Rural and on Facebook at A Plan Rural Insurance. See you for the next podcast.